I'm excited to let you know that early bird registration for our first ever in-person event, Adapt Live, is now open. This is a chance for us to come together as a community to connect, relax, recharge, laugh, play, and celebrate this amazing life that we get to live over Labor Day weekend at the Snowbird Resort in the pristine mountains of Utah, one of the most beautiful and breathtaking places in the world. Here's a sneak peek of what you can look forward to at the event. Three days and three nights of accommodations at the iconic Snowbird Cliff Lodge. Three chef-made nutrient-dense meals a day plus snacks with gluten-free and dairy-free options. Morning meditation and movement, guided nature hikes, and music with new programming still being added. A special keynote with me. Access to the Cliff Spa with special discounts for retreat attendees and plenty of unstructured time to relax and enjoy the inspiring surroundings. Spots will be limited in order to preserve a retreat-like atmosphere, and we expect the event to sell out quickly. During this early bird enrollment period, you can get early access to lower pricing and great room options. So if you think you may want to join us, head over to cresser.co slash adaptlive, all one word, that's A-D-A-P-T-L-I-V-E, to learn more and secure your spot. I hope to see you at Snowbird in September. If you've followed my work for any length of time, you know how much I care about the quality of the meat I eat. And that's why I've been a huge fan of ButcherBox since they started. ButcherBox delivers incredibly high-quality meats like 100% grass-fed beef and free-range organic chicken right to your door at a cost of less than $6 per meal. I love ButcherBox because it's so flexible. I can customize my box right on their website. And I love that they source their products in a way that supports the planet and the livelihoods of farmers. I look forward to receiving my box each month because they always include a range of cuts that keeps our meals varied and interesting. I love their New York strip and skirt steaks since they're delicious and so easy and quick. I just throw them on the grill for a few minutes. But I also love cuts like pork shoulder roast, which is amazing for carnitas and pulled pork, and brisket because they're so juicy and tender. ButcherBox is offering new members a free grilling bundle in their first order. This is a fantastic deal going into the summer grilling season. Sign up at butcherbox.com RHR and get two 10-ounce ribeyes, five pounds of chicken drumsticks, and a pack of burgers for free. That's butcherbox.com RHR to claim this deal. Hey everybody, Chris Kresser here. Welcome to another episode of Revolution Health Radio. This week we're going to talk all about amino acids. I realize I've never done a show on this topic or even written an article about them. But I use amino acids regularly to support my performance and recovery. And I have a long history of using them, which I'll talk a little bit about in the show. And you know, the more research I've done, the more I've worked with patients, and the older I get, the more important they have become as a tool for improving muscle mass, muscle protein synthesis, which in turn relates to our overall health in several ways that I think most people aren't aware of. Um, so I'm excited to dive into that on this show. And as a way of extending our longevity and health span, one of the most common causes of age-related frailty and falls, which in turn is one of the highest causes of death in the elderly, is sarcopenia or a decrease in muscle mass. And so preserving our muscle mass as we age is one of the most important things we can do to ensure that we age gracefully and can continue to participate in all of the activities that we want to as we get older and just live a really uh, rich and, and rewarding and f uh, fulfilling life all the way until the end. 
And most people I've worked with as they get older are not paying enough attention to this. And that's, you know, along with osteoporosis and a decline in bone density uh, can really contribute to poor quality of life as we age. So uh, this is really exciting topic for me and I invited Angelo Keeley to discuss it. He's an expert in amino acids and the founder of Keon, which is a functional food company that has an incredible amino acid formula that I think is the best on the market that I take myself. And we have a really fascinating discussion about the role that amino acids play in health and how we can leverage them to, you know, live our best possible life. So hope you enjoy the discussion. Let's dive in. Angela, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's an honor. So I have a kind of a long history with amino acids, actually. I was um, in high school. I was uh, really into basketball, like I wanted to play in college. And we had a coach who was from USC. He had been one of the college coaches on the USC basketball program. And so he brought like a college level program to our high school. We We had like intense weight training and we I, I brought a cooler to school with like huge amount of food every day and we watched vi films of other you know teams it was really serious and and the trainer that we work with actually got me into amino acids because I was lifting weights a lot and I wanted to put on muscle and they were even back then it was like a big part of my regimen and training and then for whatever reason, you know, in my like 20s and 30s, I kind of forgot about them, wasn't using them as much. And now living in Utah and skiing and hiking, mountain biking, you know, spending a lot, like doing pretty intense and rigorous activities and being almost 48 years old, <laughs> I've rediscovered amino acids. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, uh, thanks to Keon and, you know, like, I, the other day did a, you know, I went touring, ski touring, you know, did several thousand feet of vertical and I wasn't really even sore at the end of that day where it's like all my friends are complaining about how sore they are for the next days. And I think amino acids have been a big part of that for me, like really helping me to perform at a high level. And most importantly for me, as I get older, recover uh, quickly so I can get back out there and do it again. So what are amino acids, you know, for people who are not familiar with them and why do they help me so much? First of all, what a cool opportunity to have that kind of level of uh, attention in coaching in high school. I'm sure it was intense and maybe you were like, whoa, is this like, do we need this much? But what a cool opportunity. And I think you just spoke so well to how applicable amino acids can be for different stages of life, which is really um one of the most, I think, unique things about them as a dietary supplement. But what are amino acids? I'll get back to your question. So uh, I think most people are familiar. There's three main macronutrients that we consume in our diet, and those are carbohydrates, fat, and protein. You can count alcohol, I guess, if you want. Uh, <laughs> Some do. <laughs> Some, Some do, do. yeah. yeah. Um, so the proteins that we eat are actually made up of amino acids. They're chains um, of these molecules called amino acids that, um, that build proteins. But it's not just the proteins that we eat. It's also all of the proteins in our body. And many people are familiar with kind of the basic line that, you know, 70% of your body's water or 60%. It's, I think it's actually between 55 and 60% for adults. 
of the remaining part of your body, that's solid mass, um, there's you know, some mineral components, et cetera, but most of it is made up of proteins, thousands and thousands of different proteins. And those can be um, you know, actual muscle, those can be other forms of tissue, organs, uh, enzymes, and uh, they take many different forms throughout the body. So the building blocks of all of those proteins, whether they're a protein that we eat as a food or the proteins that you know, make up our body and run our body, they're all built up from these chains of amino acids. It's kind of high level, but was that? It's is, good. Is, no, it's good. Summary? And I think, you know, d depending on, it's hard because we have a diverse audience, right? Everyone from scientists and medical professionals down to lay people. Uh, so it's always a little hard for, even for me to know how deep to go on this stuff. But I think that was a great summary. And, you know, I think people have also heard discussions of amino acids, like from me on this podcast and also um, you know, the several appearances I've had on the Joe Rogan show where we've talked about protein quality, right? And of course, protein quality is a function of amino acid profile and bioavailability. Uh, those are the main two factors that we use to judge protein quality. So um, that gives you, you know, if you, if you think about protein being the scaffolding of the body and, and, and basically proteins run the show, right? Like uh, anything that happens in the, in the body is, is the result of a protein at some point because genes encode for proteins and then proteins are really responsible for a lot of the major biochemical functions in the body. And then if you break down protein further, it's just, it's a bunch of amino acids. And so you start to understand if you look at it that way, how absolutely fundamental amino acids are to um, the function of the body, not just muscle health and recovery, like we were talking about, but pretty much all aspects of of biochemical and physiologic function, which is why protein quality is such a big deal and why it's so important that we do get the amino acids that we need to support our activity level. Yeah, I think you could just as easily, instead of saying uh, amino acids are the building blocks of protein, they're really the building blocks of life. I mean, fundamentally, right. our our, yeah. our existence and our ability to like manifest as, as living creatures is based on uh, proteins and the amino yeah. acids that, that uh, string together to form them. And you're you're one hundred percent right in terms of the both the quality of the proteins by how much we can digest them as well as the amino acid profile. And so I mean I think that kind of leads into the way that our bodies function. Our bodies can't just make all these amino acids, can't just create all of these proteins. We have to consume some of them. And you know, I think you've you've spoken pretty extensively about this in terms of qualities of protein and why um, certain proteins are better than others. Um, but it, it really does come down to essential amino acids um, because while many forms of great complete protein, um, all, all, like forms of animal protein, for example, like steak, that have um, a lot of essential amino acids, about half of them is essential amino acids, and the other half is the non-essential amino acids. And the main difference between this idea of essential and non-essential is that our body cannot synthesize the essential ones. The essential ones we must eat. Uh, luckily, I mean, a lot of the food that we eat, again, like steak, you're getting the essential and you're getting the non-essential. If we did not get any of the non-essential amino acids, though, from that piece of steak, our body would be able to produce them internally within the body. It'd be able to make those additional amino acids. And just for reference um, of 
dietary amino acids that actually form protein in our body, there's 20. There's actually many more. There's like three over 300 amino acids in nature, et cetera. But there's actually many more amino acids within our body. But the ones that form, you know, the proteins in our body, there's 20. And nine of those um, we really need to eat. And that's when you get into like what's a complete protein is what's the quality of this protein based off of the profile. It's really about those nine essential. Right. Yeah, and we, uh, listeners will be familiar to the, with this concept of essential. We, we also use it when it comes to vitamins and minerals. You know, they're like vitamins A and D and C and, and, and K, K2, E, and minerals like iron and magnesium, calcium. Those are all essential nutrients, which means in the same context that Angelo just described, uh, not just really important <laughs> that that's one meaning of essential, but it has a specific scientific meaning here, wh which is that the body can't make them on its own. And we have to get them from some outside source, which could be food, uh, could be supplements, could be a combination of both. So we have these nine essential amino acids. And let's talk a little bit about the specific role that amino acids play in muscle. We know that muscle protein synthesis depends on all 20 of the amino acids, but the essential amino acids play a disproportionate role, right? And this is why, you know, a lot of people might be familiar with essential amino acids from like um, GNC, or if, if they have had, had any experience in weightlifting or, you know, in that world that they've probably come across essential amino acids in that context because they do play a very powerful role in muscle protein synthesis. Yeah, and actually they don't play just an important role. They're basically the active component of protein that stimulates muscle protein synthesis. They, they are, are not, the role. They are the role, yeah. And they've right. actually done studies comparing taking only essential amino acids versus non-essential amino acids versus combined. And it's been very clearly shown that essential amino acids are the active component that stimulates muscle protein synthesis. It then uses the other amino acids, but they are the thing that, that stimulates it and that um, is able to create the process. So just kind of quick review of this whole idea of muscle protein synthesis. All of the proteins in our body are in some stage of constant muscle protein turnover. So they're, they're breaking down and resynthesizing. And if you go without eating for an extended period of time, your body is continuing to break down current proteins and then rebuild them. And some portion in that process of when they're broken down into the component amino acids and then resynthesized back into proteins again, some of them are lost. It's like around 20%, but it depends on, you know, the age of the person, the function of the body, et cetera. And so you must at that point then consume more essential amino acids, either in the form of a whole food protein or a dietary supplement to support the process of rebuilding those proteins. If you uh, don't have them, then um, your body will actually, and it depends, right? Because all these different proteins in your body, it will actually pull amino acids. It'll break down proteins in your muscle tissue. Your muscle is basically the only kind of source of amino acid reserves that your body has that is uh, dispensable, right? Like your heart, <laughs> you can't like start breaking down your heart and using your heart to fuel other organs, yeah. but you can break down your muscles. So it's really important to be consuming these, um, these amino acids. And what happens is, the, there, there's really uh, one primary amino acid called leucine that is the one that kind of kickstarts the process. And there's two additional amino acids, isoleucine and valine, that are kind of like its, um, 
it's buddies <laughs> in a way. And those are the branch chain amino acids. And so again, if you've been in a GNC or been exposed to kind of bodybuilding or training, you've probably seen this idea of branch chain amino acids. And they really are they really are the thing that kicks off the process of muscle protein synthesis, which is the the rebuilding of the protein in your body. The thing is that um, like many times in science, right? We start to study something, we discover a process, maybe we discover like a mechanism of an action, a mechanism of action. We're like, wow, that's so cool. You know, it's the leucine and the isoleucine, the valine that stimulate the muscle protein synthesis. Great. Let's turn that into a product and sell it. <laughs> but what we've discovered through many more decades of research is that uh, the process of muscle protein synthesis cannot continue. And it actually doesn't even take place without all nine essential amino acids. So you need the other six. And thus, if you take a uh, only certain branch, like only certain amino acids, for example, the three branch chain amino acids in isolation without the other six, your body needs the other six to, to, to actually perform the muscle protein synthesis. So again, it will pull the other amino acids. It'll break down existing muscle protein to get those amino acids to complete the process, or it will just burn them off. So there's really no benefit of only taking, you know, say three branch chain amino, the three branch chain amino acids in isolation. You need all nine of them together to both stimulate muscle protein synthesis and then to actually build new proteins in the body. Right. Such an important point. And, you know, this is something I, I've talked about in a couple of uh, my Rogan appearances where there's the, the concept of limiting amino acids and plant proteins, where it's not only the, the fact that, you know, plant foods have lower amounts of leucine, which, which they do relative to animal proteins, they, they also have certain amino acids at, at such low levels that that can interfere with protein synthesis in the way that you were talking about. So an example would be lysine is a limiting amino acid in grains like wheat and rice, and then methionine and cysteine tend to be limiting amino acids in, in foods like legumes. So I'm not saying we shouldn't eat those foods. I'm saying if we only rely on those foods for our full spectrum of, of essential amino acids, then we might come up short and that might actually interfere with muscle synthesis. It's such a good point. The, uh, the way that the process of muscle protein synthesis works is that you need certain amino acids to kickstart the process. And then you need enough of the other amino acids to actually continue and fulfill the process. And at some point, you, well, you either might have limiting ones where you don't have enough of them, so the process doesn't continue or get kind of the optimal benefit. There's also a point at which you consume so many amino acids in the form of protein that like it doesn't get any more benefit from them. It just it oxidizes them or it turns them into an energy source or it ends up converting them into carbohydrates or, or fat. You mean I can't just take a whole jar of amino acids and turn it into Arnold Schwarzenegger? It's <laughs> unfortunate. Well, you can, but you have to you have to take them every three hours. You have okay. to take the right dose every three hours to optimally uh, promote the right amount of muscle protein synthesis. But I, I can right. see you looking like Arnold. But there's probably uh, some work involved in that too, somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain. Yeah. And, and the thing too is like each one of these amino acids, like the ones that are limiting, for example, like lysine, um, they can be limiting for different reasons. What's interesting about lysine is it it's like slower to get into the muscle fiber. Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah, I'm not uh, a biochemist biochemist to that level to understand exactly the process um, by which that 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 is slowed down. But that's why you actually need to increase the amount of it. For example, if you're if you're creating a, a custom essential amino acid supplement you need to increase the amount. But at the most fundamental level, as they've studied amino acid profiles, where you start 
is basically by having dietary protein that at least has the profile of amino acids that are in human skeletal muscle. So you look at the profile of the essential amino acids in human skeletal muscle, that's kind of a baseline. And then from there, if you increase the amount of leucine and then proportionally also increase the amount, you basically increase leucine to 40% of the final formula and then also increase the valine and the isoleucine, which are the other two branch chain amino acids and increase the lysine because it's slower. Yeah. Um, then you get to this optimal ratio where you maximize the amount of um, muscle protein synthesis. And this is one way in which I think, you know, perhaps BCAAs, in, not in isolation, but people have found success with them, is if you take BCAAs and you take like this big dose of leucine, isoleucine, and valine, but at the same time you eat another protein source, you're basically creating your own custom essential amino acid profile. You're getting a bunch of these extra amino acids on top of the existing profile of whatever the food is that you're eating. The thing is like, you really need to make sure you eat them at the same time, because <laughs> mm -hmm. if you eat them separately, you won't get that benefit, which right. again is also kind of one of the challenges of, tr of trying to eat only a plant-based diet is you have to so strategically choose, you know, which plant foods you're going to eat in which combinations so that you don't have these limiting factors or you don't overconsume one amino acid and kind of lose the benefit of it. Yeah, that that's always been my my point when when I talk about you know plant based diets and I, I look I have a lot of friends who are vegans vegetarians I was a vegan and vegetarian in the past I don't have any sort of philosophical or moral judgment about it I I'm just want to support people in achieving their their best health and what I've seen both in the research and just through my own clinical experience and my own personal experience is that while it's possible to construct you know a, a healthy diet using only plant-based sources it requires an enormous amount of attention and understanding of all these kinds of factors that we're talking about and if you go to um, cresser.co amino i actually put this together for um, one of the rogan appearances it's a chart with the uh, amino acid profiles of uh, various foods, beef sirloin, white beans, uh, cooked peas and rice and soybeans. And it compares the amino acid levels in all of those foods. And, and what you, you know, very clearly see is that, um, in most of the plant foods, they come up short in a lot of the essential amino acids and also have, you know, limiting amino acids, whereas, uh, beef meets the RDA for, all of the essential amino acids. So uh, it's just easier uh, to That's do That's really it. it. It's just easier. Diet. You don't have yeah. to think about it as much. You just get, you right. need to like, you know, um, eat good quality animal protein and you're, you're kind of there. Whereas if you choose a plant-based approach, you need to um, think more about it. And, Very strategic. Yeah. And because, um, you know, those, those foods, like plant-based foods, typically grains, for example, they have a lot of other calories from the carbohydrates as well that you just have to think a lot. You have to start thinking a lot more about like caloric intake too. Cause it's like mm -hmm. to eat enough, to get enough of the amino acids, you're eating all of these additional calories from, um, from the carbohydrates that are part of that, that food source as well. That's right. So that's a question of nutrients relative to the amount of calories. And that's probably one of the primary drivers of our health and well-being. So let me like play devil's advocate here and say, oh, Angelo, let's, I, I'm not really that into, like, I'm, I'm not um, a weightlifter. I don't really care if I have a lot of muscle. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not an athlete. I want to be healthy, but I'm not like trying to break any world records or, you know, um, you know deadlift 400 pounds or anything. Why, why should I care about muscle protein synthesis? Why, why should that matter to me? Uh, it's a great question. And you sound like me. I'm not trying to be a power lifter. I'm not trying to be some kind of competitive athlete. Uh, you know, I, I'm a person who, you know, I want to live a fun, active life. I want to get to go and uh, go on adventures with my family, go on. I like, I'm really into backpacking. So I like to go on backpacking trips. You know, I want to have overall like good functional fitness and um, I want to have a good, healthy, happy mood, you know, day in and day out. And, you know, I, I want to sustain this for as long as I can in my life. You know, like I'm not one of those guys that wants to like live forever if it means um, uploading your consciousness and living <laughs> yeah, being, uploading, you know, yeah. in a wheelchair for the la that last bit. Yeah, dealing with like really challenging chronic illness and, yeah. and uh, you know, the, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm, I'm the guy who's like, man, it'd be really cool if I can still like ride my bike when I'm 80, you know, yeah. or and go on yeah. walks with my family. So in that context, on the day-to-day, -day, consuming enough amino acids and maintaining a normal, healthy amount of muscle, and I'm saying normal, like I'm not talking about some like, I'm not, I'm not like competing as like a bodybuilder or anything like yeah. that. Um, by by uh, having more muscle in my body, it does increase my resting metabolic rate. Also, every single time that I eat protein... Um, or eat essential amino acids and, and muscle protein synthesis is stimulated, it also increases my metabolism during that period. So overall, it, it creates a situation in which I get to eat a little bit more of the foods I really like. <laughs> like, and mm -hmm. I love eating and I love um, just kind of like getting to enjoy and participate in life. And it simply is the case that the more muscle I have and the more that I stimulate muscle protein synthesis, um, I can eat a little bit more. And that's not, I'm not trying to like make an advertisement for gluttony or anything, but like, I'm also not one of those people that wants to live this ultra restrictive life. You know, I'm trying yeah. to find like a healthy, a healthy balance. And so in that way, it really supports just like pretty like normalized weight management, I guess I'd say like without trying to exercise all the time and be like doing tons of cardio and running and trying to burn off all these calories by walking every day and I walk a lot, but like walking every day, doing resistance training, short, simple, like body weight resistance training a few times a week and consuming a healthy dose of amino acids through protein and through dietary supplementation each day, I am able to basically not live a restricted life in terms of what I get to eat, feel really vibrant, healthy, and happy. On that same note for kind of daily health, um, amino acids are the precursors of basically all of our neurotransmitters. And um, the way that, and I believe you've written extensively about this as well, but basically the way the blood brain barrier works is that the concentration of certain amino acids in your blood plasma is what um, influences which amino acids get into your brain and then thus uh, the predominance of certain neurotransmitters over others. And I have found personally that through eating um, plenty of protein and amino acids daily, it helps me maintain a healthier mood and a better overall neurotransmitter balance. I mean, I'm, I'm extrapolating into a neurotransmitter balance, but in a similar way, uh, separate from this, I have used other amino acids and actually my company Keon, we have, we have a sleep formula that's specifically amino acid based 
that actually targets that. So it tries to increase the amount of certain amino acids in your blood at that time so that it will increase the amount that go into your brain that then influence certain effects on your neurotransmitters. So mood daily in and day out. But I think, you know, honestly, probably the, the biggest thing is longevity. Uh, yeah. You know, when you look at aging, one of the biggest challenges as you age is sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle mass that starts typically over, you know, around age 40, but basically everyone over 50, it starts to happen, where you start to lose muscle mass. And that is due to the body um, is less, it has a harder time digesting dietary protein. And it also is less receptive to the stimulation of muscle protein synthesis. And thus, even if you, um, you know, eat the protein and you're able to break it down, it simply doesn't, it doesn't get the kick and actually kick off the amount of muscle protein synthesis that you would when you're younger. So going into, um, you know, trying to be healthy in middle age and wanting to be really healthy in older age, building and maintaining lean muscle now is the thing that will enable me to um, not later in my life have these issues with like dramatic loss of muscle mass. Now, why would I care? Am I trying to be like a bodybuilder in my, in my 70s? No. But I mean, the most obvious thing being that people that have more lean muscle are able to participate in more activities when they're older. They're able to go on walks, they're able to ride bikes, they're able to participate in all types of activities. And what many people don't realize, but I mentioned earlier, is that our um, lean muscle is the, is the reservoir of amino acids for our body. So as we get older and we're in a situation where it's that much harder to digest protein and to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, it is going to be the case that my body's going to try to tap into my muscle tissue and to utilize it to fuel the rest of the proteins in my body. And so the more that I kind of like invest, it's like a savings account, basically. It's like investing in that now is going to provide for a much healthier, happier, fun, active 60s, 70s, 80s. Absolutely. Uh, this is a, a big issue for me. It's something I talk about a lot because I think it's poorly understood. And I, I actually was first introduced to this concept when I was kind of in the throes of my chronic illness in my 20s. And I was fortunate to work with a, an amazing um, doctor, Dr. John Kaiser, who was in the Bay Area at that time. And he, one of the things I learned from him was the importance of muscle mass for recovery from chronic illness, because muscle is not just a sort of inert tissue in the body. There's a lot of metabolic stuff that happens in muscle and people who have chronic health conditions also can be liable to develop sarcopenia. And then that initiates a whole vicious cycle where with a decline in muscle mass, the metabolic function, immune function, all of those other important functions in the body get weaker and, and, and less competent. And so he was really big on people who are dealing with any kind of chronic health condition, doing strength training, you know, making sure they're getting enough protein or amino acids in their diet or supplementing with them, which was like a, not a perspective that I had been really familiar with up until then. And, you know, almost maybe counterintuitive if like you're dealing with a really challenging chronic illness, like you're not going to think I'm going <laughs> to go to the weights, you know, <laughs> it actually was a big part of my recovery, like really making sure that I took steps to maintain that muscle mass and uh, it gave me more energy and it really helped me get through some of the most difficult periods. So since then, 
is something I've really tried to impart to my patients who are struggling with similar conditions and then just people in general. Like sarcopenia is no joke. It's the major, it's the primary cause of age-related frailty in the elderly is not having enough muscle. And there's a saying in medicine, uh, break your hip, die of pneumonia, right? I think we probably all know someone that this has happened to where they're, you know, they might, they're, they're, maybe in their 80s, 70s or 80s, they're, they're perhaps they're not the picture of health, maybe they're a bit frail, but otherwise they're doing pretty well. Then they break their knee or they break their hip in a fall and then they die of pneumonia in the hospital because you know, they're, they're debilitated and they're reclined position, fluid pools in the lungs and, and they can't recover from that. So uh, there are studies actually that show that sarcopenia is associated with a greater risk of premature death and a reduced quality of life. And it's associated with the higher risk of having disabilities that enable you, like you were saying, Angelo, to just perform regular daily activities, uh, participate in life. And then I think as importantly, people with sarcopenia are far more likely to have a fracture or a fall, which then can start a downward spiral that is um, difficult or in some cases impossible to recover from. So I'm not trying to, freak people out um, or may, may, I just trying to impart the the significance of avoiding sarcopenia. I actually believe that maintaining muscle mass as we age is one of the is really one of the single most important factors that determines how we age. And I'm you know I'm always trying to communicate this to people because I see a lot of folks really leave this out of their, you know, they're doing a lot of other things, right? But they're not paying enough attention to muscle mass. Maintaining a healthy gut is one of the most important things we can do to protect our health and extend our lifespan. Sadly, our gut health is under constant assault in the modern world, thanks to a growing toxic burden, highly processed and refined foods, antibiotics and other medications, chronic stress, and more. That's why living a gut-healthy lifestyle is so critical. And one of the most powerful ways to do that is to consume bone broth on a regular basis. I've been a huge believer in bone broth for more than 20 years, way back before it was cool, celebrities talked about it, and you could find it in the grocery store. I have bone broth almost every day, either in soups, as a base for sauces and stews, or just heated in a cup. My favorite brand of bone broth is Kettle and Fire for a few reasons. Number one, they have the highest quality ingredients with grass-fed and finished beef bones and organic pasture-raised chicken bones. Number two, they simmer the broth for 24 hours, which makes it far more beneficial to our health, and just like the bone broth I used to make at home. Number three is the best tasting broth you can buy, and they have multiple flavor options, so I never get bored. If you'd like to try it, you can save 20% with the coupon code CRESSER. Just go to kettleandfire.com, that's kettle and fire, all one word, dot com, and use the code CRESSER at checkout to save 20% off your entire order. What's the problem with wine today? Wine is highly processed, just like our food. Here are some facts you should know. Three giant wine companies sell over 50% of U.S. wine. There are 76 additives legally approved for use in winemaking, like dyes, thickeners, and GMO yeast. The top 20 wines sold in the USA contain high levels of sugar and alcohol. If you care about what you put in your body, what's the solution? Dry Farm Wines is leading the pure natural wine movement by sourcing wines according to the world's strictest criteria. 
They're organically and biodynamically grown. They're sugar-free. They're low alcohol. They're lab-tested for purity, grown on small family farms. They're keto and paleo approved, and they offer free shipping delivered straight to your door. For Revolution Health Radio listeners, Dry Farm Wines is offering an extra bottle in your first box for a penny. Because it's alcohol, it can't be free. See all the details and collect your wine at dryfarmwines.com slash chriscresser. And I think the, the kind of vicious cycle thing you described is, uh, is one of the key points to highlight. Just like in the prime of one's life, one may notice, hey, when I start to make some of these more positive decisions, they almost support each other. Like if I, if I exercise and I might be a little bit more likely to eat better, et cetera. Um, unfortunately, the way that our bodies work is that if we become injured uh, specifically, or we have sometimes some type of chronic illness, the stress response in our body then reacts in such a way that we are, we have a harder time again with muscle protein synthesis. We're less responsive to dietary protein. We're also though immobile. So then we're not like doing resistance exercise or movements, which is what further stimulates muscle protein turnover. It makes sure that the old, the old proteins get broken down and new ones get rebuilt. Um, and we're like, we're oftentimes like not as hungry or we're not as, you know, motivated to try to eat protein or be disciplined. It's like, man, like, you know, if you're like laid up on a bed, like trying to eat chicken or something, it's like, you eat like a cracker, you know? And so it really just, um, each one of these kind of negative impacts further influences itself. And if, and if you do find yourself that you're in more advanced age and you don't have muscle and, um, you try and do activities and you fall and you hurt yourself, it's like, it's pretty, it's hard. Like, it's like you, um, it's like you didn't plan for the future. You know, you just didn't, you didn't kind of save with muscle, <laughs> save with lean muscle for the future. Cause you're going to need it at some point. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, some of the other issues that I became aware of over time, as I dove into the research on this and uh, that, that contribute to that uh, vicious cycle, um, and can be conversely turned around into a virtuous cycle. If you, follow your bank account analogy, which I love and I've used in other contexts, and you really kind of bank up extra protein and amino acids. As we age, muscle itself becomes less sensitive to the anabolic effects of protein. That means that, you know, a 30-year-old that eats protein and amino acids will get a bigger anabolic or growth boost from those amino acids than a 60 or 70-year-old. What this means is that older adults will need higher amounts of protein and the underlying amino acids through their day and with each meal to achieve the same level of maximal protein, muscle protein synthesis that a younger person um, would need. And this is why you see recommendations for, for protein for older adults starting to go up again, um, not down, because we become less efficient at utilizing protein as we age. So if, if you, you know, like 1.5 grams per kilogram is a sort of, I think, minimum for, for an adult that wants to be a 150 pound adult, um, that's 100 grams of protein a day. If you take someone who's 200 pounds, that's gonna be like 135 grams of protein a day. And a lot of people are not getting enough, especially if they're skipping breakfast, you know, just having coffee or something, they have a light lunch and then they eat dinner, they're nowhere, they're going to be nowhere near that 135 grams of protein. And, and that's, you know, a situation where certainly supplementing with amino acids could be really 
game have a game changing effect on their health and also their lifespan and health span. You highlighted two really important points there. One, the anabolic resistance that occurs um, later in life, and that is, I think, directly tied to the end result of sarcopenia. And in many cases, it's like it's almost like you have to consume twice the amount of amino acids to get the same response. And that's that's a lot more protein. And that's pretty challenging already. Like people tend to lose their appetite more as they get older, et cetera. And then the other point you made around like, yeah, if you're 200 pounds, you're trying to get in 135 grams of protein a day. Um, not only is it challenging just to get in that amount of protein, but the way that we discussed earlier that muscle protein synthesis takes place is that there's only a certain amount that your body can actually respond to at one time in a dose. Yeah. And that 135 grams, like I typically, uh, I do the math typically more of like, I weigh 200 pounds. I try to eat about 150 grams of protein a day. It leads to our 150 grams, um, the equivalent of that, including essential amino acids. It's like, if I'm just trying to get, I, I basically want to try to break that up into like, f you know, four to five doses of protein because eating more than like 30 to 50 grams of protein at once, my body simply won't be able to incorporate all the amino acids. Instead, it uses them for energy. And so to actually get the full benefit, you need to like, you can't, you can't just like save the full 150 grams, 135 grams of protein for like your dinner at night. Your, your body dinner. won't be able to utilize it. And when you go, uh, you know, when your body's not in the state of new muscle protein synthesis, um, it is more purely, I mean, it's in net muscle protein breakdown. So your body's constantly in this muscle protein turnover process. And if you go for several hours without eating, you're without eating protein or amino acids, your body is breaking down the existing proteins and rebuilding them. But it, again, it doesn't have enough to completely replenish them. So if you go several hours without eating any protein source, you're getting to a net negative muscle protein position, which is why, and I'm not encouraging anyone to do this, bodybuilders eat you know, these doses of they're lean not chicken big, they're not every big three hours. Of intermittent fasting. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not at all. They yeah. eat protein every three to four hours. They wake themselves up yeah. in the middle of the night. And that's because whenever they're not, they know that they're having muscle protein breakdown. Again, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do that. Yeah. But when you're thinking about like, God, that's like a lot of like eating, et cetera. Um, suddenly you start to realize, and this, this is exactly how I use essential amino acids, is I'm not using them to replace like my core daily, you know, protein. But if I'm trying to hit those upper limits of at least 150, you know, and sometimes more, like if I'm doing more intense resistance training, or I know I'm going like on a really big hike or something like that, I'll consume more. What's interesting is when you, when you realize that essential amino acids are not realize like this is, it's been studied and proven, but like the essential amino acids are the active component of protein and most complete protein like steak is only about half essential amino acids. Gram for gram, essential amino acids in a dietary supplement, if formulated correctly, create twice the impact gram for gram of muscle protein synthesis as a gram of steak. Which so, is why bodybuilders have been using them for so long, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. People, people give bodybuilders a hard time often, you know, but the reality is if you want to be on the cutting, know what's kind of on the cutting edge of um, nutrition and performance, that's not a bad place to look, you know, it, it, they're not always right um, because they're often experimenting with things that are not proven and, and, and end up not being a good idea, but, you know, bodybuilders have been hip to this for a long time. And 
if something that ha has been as consistent as it has been um, in a population of people that are just trying to ultra optimize performance, then it, it, you know, and of course we have all the science to back it up as well. It's not like this was just a anecdotal thing, but uh, there's certainly something to be said for it. Yeah. And, and I think particularly, like you said, the things that have, that have lasted through the, the time, right? It's like, there yeah. might've been things they were doing a lot in the eighties and nineties, but it's like some of these things like essential amino acids, creatine, like they're still here. Like if they're, they're still, still here, here after like still... 30 and 40 years of tons of research, there's a reason why they're still here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And all of the top people are still using them right in, in, yeah. in these various sports. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to, um, finish this up and then move, move on. But I, I, I want to linger on a little bit because I really do, I've worked with, you know, thousands of people now over almost 15 years. And I really do think that even amongst folks who are health conscious and eating an animal protein and, you know, really doing a lot of the right things, they're still not getting enough protein to support their anabolic needs. And if you just think about like an average day, like if you have, you know, start with a couple of eggs you know, for breakfast, maybe a, a couple of pieces of bacon or something like that um, with some like dark leafy greens. And then you have, you know, maybe a salad for lunch and maybe you put some salmon or chicken on it or something like that. You know, an egg has about five gram, you know, five to six grams of protein. So that might be 12. You might be at 20 in the morning. You might get another like 20, 30 at lunch. And then, then you're left with dinner where you're going to have to eat a lot of protein. And then, like you said, that doesn't solve the problem because you can only utilize a certain amount of amino acid at, at any one setting. So this is a, something I'm always trying to bring to people's attention. You know, in our culture, we have this notion that breakfast has to be like breakfast food, you know, croissants and muffins and things yeah. like that. If you have a breakfast like that, or if you skip breakfast entirely, it is sometimes difficult to meet your protein needs. And that is one sort of, uh, I guess, note of caution that I often will, you know, provide to people who are doing, who are intermittent fasting on a consistent and regular basis is just to, you know, or, or they're having like very light breakfast with no protein. You just really need to pay attention to how much protein you are getting in that food intake window. Yeah. And my general approach to working through this, and I would say um, most of the people I know that pay a lot more attention to, you know, daily amino acid intake is trying to eat good, healthy meals, you know, at, at regular meal times. That could be breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you're someone who like likes to intermittent fast, that's okay. But if you're go, but any time where you're not eating for a while, so I would say in between meals. So if you're between lunch and dinner, like you know, at, let's say you eat lunch at twelve and you eat dinner at six, that three p.m. time, instead of having just like any snack, then like that is a time when you can stimulate muscle protein synthesis again because your body will have yeah. already completed the process from a few hours earlier, and that could be via some kind of very healthy whole food protein, or that's a great opportunity to take essential amino acids. And the benefit of taking essential amino acids at, at that time is you can basically take half the amount gram for gram as you would try to take of protein to get the same benefits of muscle protein synthesis. So you could take, you know, two scoops of an amino acid of five grams, so 10 grams of amino acids, and you get the impact of having taken, of eaten 20 grams of beef jerky then or something, right. or your 20 grams of like a, you know, yogurt or something. Um, and you can do the exact same thing in the morning. And, you know, again, I just really encourage anyone who's doing the intermittent fasting thing, like 
you're, you're eating away at your muscle tissue <laughs> when you're doing that. And so even if you like it, and I actually oftentimes like to fast because I just like kind of like the clarity of mind. But mm -hmm. if I'm doing that, I definitely take essential amino acids during that period to ensure that I'm hitting those, those daily needs for essential amino acids, even if it's not a complete protein at that time. And I get my other, you know, major doses of protein for sure at lunch and for sure at dinner, but you can, you know, basically when you want a snack, like don't just have any snack, make it protein, protein yeah. or, or take essential amino acids. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about safety and protein intake. Cause this is, you know, sometimes I get questions from patients like, Hey, wait, isn't it dangerous to eat 150 grams of protein a day? Isn't that going to, you know, give me chronic kidney disease? Um, this is again, something I've written and, and spoken a lot about over the years, but I always like to touch on it. It's true that high protein diets can cause kidney problems, but that's only the case in people with pre-existing chronic kidney disease or, or, you know, that I've never really seen any studies that suggest that a high, high protein diet um, can actually cause kidney problems in people that didn't already have some issue or some predisposition in that direction. And a lot of research has shown that the upper limit to the body's ability to metabolize proteins is around 35% of total calories. And, and, and I've seen papers that have looked at protein intake up to almost three grams per kilogram, um, which is like over six grams per pound of body weight with no significant issues with kidney, you know, glomerular filtration or any kind of kidney function problems. So I, I imagine you get that question sometimes too, you know, with amino acids, like, is there, you know, am I, am I doing too much if I'm taking amino acids and eating a relatively high protein diet? Yeah, we, I, I get the same question. And I mean, I really respond to it in the same way that the research shows that if you have pre-existing uh, kidney problems, then yes, you should be more attentive to the amount of daily protein and amino acid intake. But if you don't, there's really, I mean, there, there's, there's very little of no risk. I think that what it really comes down to then is like, how, you know, how much protein or amino acids do you really need? You know, if you're eating like mm -hmm. six grams of protein per pound of body weight a day, like, what are you doing? Like, what, why are you eating that much? <laughs> you know, um, you know, even with like essential amino acids. So they've done studies. Uh, there was a, there was a study sponsored by NASA because naturally people going into outer space don't have resistance. Right. Yeah. And so there's a dramatic loss of muscle mass. And so they did a study where they originally were doing 28 day studies. They actually brought it all the way down to a seven day. Cause they basically could prove they proved it at 28 days, but they're like, wow, the effects are already at seven days where, uh, you know, some of the people you know, basically took nothing or had regular meals and the others did, um, six serving or six doses of 15 grams of amino acids plus some carbs uh, per day. So basically like every three hours, they would have 15 grams of these essential amino acids and some carbs. And okay. at the end of 28 days, uh, there was no net muscle loss and they were bed rest for 28 days. They literally kept wow. these people in bed for 28 days. There was... Um, there was muscle strength loss because they weren't doing the resistance training. So the actual like training of the muscles, the breakdown and the resynthesis that's involved specifically in the training of the muscles wasn't there. So there was strength loss, but actual muscle mass, there was no muscle mass loss after 28 days of bed rest. That's remarkable because that Which, can start so quickly, um, you know, after just a couple of days without that kind of attention. 
Yeah, they should. They basically they ended up changing the study down to seven days because they like yeah. realized they were making that's the cruel people and go crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but all that to say, that's a lot of essential amino acids. I mean, if you're taking yeah, yeah like ninety grams of essential amino acids a day, and um, there were no side effects that were discovered, et cetera. I mean, the only the the main um, you know insights of the study were just like wow, like literally just consuming protein or just consuming essential amino acids in this case can stimulate enough muscle protein synthesis to maintain muscle mass, even if you're bedridden. Yeah. Well, that's the, the building blocks of life, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit as we wrap up here about, um, you know, what to look for in an essential amino acid or an amino acid supplement in general. And then, you know, uh, what makes Keon Aminos unique um so i've i've tried a lot of amino acid formulas over the years and um keon really is i think distinct in, in the marketplace and i love the way that you've approached it i mean i i know this about you you're you're a geek with the science and you've um you did a very deep dive um when you formulated this product and really made sure that you addressed all of the issues that tend to be out there with typical amino acid, inferior amino acid products, of which there are many um, because of this long history and proliferation in the bodybuilding community. There's just a lot of junk products out there. So tell us uh, how you approach this and what makes Keon unique. I, it comes down to two main factors, and they are um, the science and research involved in the formulation process. And so the, the, the proper proportions of the amino acids relative to each other. And then the second element is uh, commitment to quality. And on the formulation side, uh, the way that we, so we actually, we had an original formula that we, um, that we changed about a year ago. Uh, we started the process like two years ago. And the reason why we updated it is because we really are committed to ensuring that whatever formula we have out there is, um, is based on the best science. And I don't mean like the newest, most cutting edge study that just came out, but like, what does the bulk of research say? And what are the smartest, best people who spend like all of their life doing this, you know, really say, and not, you know, yeah, whatever some, some recent study or some recent funding, you know, grant came up with. There's, uh, I can give you these resources too for your audience if they're interested. There's, I mean, um, Great, there's a guy yeah, named, we'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, too. there's a guy, Dr. Robert Wolf, who's basically the kind of the pioneer of amino acid research, like the godfather. Or most of the people who have come out of doing protein amino acid research have come out of his lab or studied with him. He's got like over 500. Um, peer-reviewed published papers. Uh, and he has actually has a great simple book called A Guide to Amino Acid and Protein Nutrition. That's kind of, I mean, simple in terms of, uh, it's only a few hundred pages, not like, you know, like pour through and just 500 clarity, research papers. For my audience, it's not yeah. Rob Wolf that, that you know, no. but a different Rob, Dr. Robert Wolf. Yeah, this is people. Dr. Robert Wolf. Um, he is, uh, He's not a guy you're going to find like, you know, out there, like on Instagram, he's, he's a, he's an academic <laughs> institution doing research. Yeah. Um, no, no, no dig on, on Rob. Rob's a great guy, yeah. Uh, yeah. but just, just clarify, this is like a researcher academic. Yeah. And uh, Rob's focused. a biochemist, but not yeah. a specialist in amino acids. Yeah. yeah. So basically uh, the, this group of researchers across many different institutions have published many, many papers over the, uh, on this, on the subject and the consensus of how to create the, um, the best amino acid supplement that is specifically focused on the types of subjects that we have discussed here today. Because you could formulate amino acid supplements to do different things. But if, you're, if your goal really is to support muscle protein synthesis 
and all the all the benefits surrounding that, which also include athletic recovery, which we didn't get into like why you don't get sore, but it, it really can help with like not getting sore. Um, the foundation of that formula would be based on the proportions of amino essential amino acids that exist in human skeletal muscle. And then you increase the amount of leucine to be 40% of the final formula. You increase the proportions of isoleucine and valine to match what was what it, the relationship to leucine initially. And you increase the amount of lysine because it's slower to move into the muscle fiber. And that formula, um, you know, it's published on our website. It's published on the back of our bottle. You can see it. That formula includes all nine essential amino acids. It includes, um, you know, five of them in their initial relationships to each other in human skeletal muscle, and then an increase of these other four. And that again and again has been proven to be the the most superior formula. And it's not some like secret proprietary thing. I mean, I'm telling you like where you can read about it and, you know, like there's tons of literature on it. Other people could make the same formula as that. And again, you know, our interest is not to try to have some fancy secret thing. It's just to make awesome products and to make the best amino acids that we can make. And and the science clearly showed that this has the greatest impact on people's lives. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that on the quality side, or do you, do you have a question about that, Chris? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, on the quality side, you know, it, it really comes down to, uh, I think, each company's mission and values and like what they're, they're most committed to. And we've built this company without any outside investment. We've built this company entirely um, with people that we really care about, like the team members that we hire, the culture. Um, we've built this company focused on making products that we want to take every single day. And I, I was raised in a family of like a very nerdy natural health supplement family. My parents were even in the supplement business, had a natural health food store, had a natural health food restaurant. Like, so I was just raised like with kind of a commitment to these types of things. And so I care deeply about them. And I only want to make products that I'm, I'm willing to put in my body every single day that I can with integrity give to other people to take, you know, in high doses, 90 grams of essential amino acids if they wanted to on a daily basis <laughs> that I'll give to my kids. And uh, what that requires is deep investment in understanding the supply chain the raw ingredients that you're getting, uh, deep investment in uh, auditing of manufacturing facilities, deep investment in testing at every single stage, testing of raw ingredients, testing um, finished product, random audits, just it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a commitment to spend time, money and resources and people's attention on, on not letting anything slip by and just making the best product you can make. And, uh, and not adding anything additional, you don't need to add to it, you know, just, yeah. you know, make it, make it what it is. So, um, I almost feel like it sounds like old fashioned or something. It's, you know, it's like, That's it really, that. yeah, it's like a, a commitment to craftsmanship, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's what makes us different. We're not, um, we're not here for anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if that wasn't the case. I mean, uh, you, you know, me and my approach to this and, um, I'm only interested in that as well. And as a clinician, you know, with 15 years of experience treating patients and, you know, someone with a, a big online platform and a lot of people who trust my recommendations, it's critical to me that both as a clinician and as someone who um, is trying to help as many people feel, you know, live their best life as possible, that all of the recommendations I make are people that have, you know, uh, uh, products that are made by people who have these values and, and have the same 
commitment to quality and who will make choices that actually could, you know, could result in leaving money on the table and not being as, as you know, like, uh, you know, not cutting corners, not, not reducing costs when it doesn't make sense for the integrity or quality of the product. And that's pretty rare in the supplement world, in my experience. And, um, but it's, it's something I definitely recognized in, in your products and why I'm easily able to recommend them and take them myself. Um, because obviously I'm not going to, I'm not going to take anything less than that. You know, give, give, I know too much. I know where the bodies are buried in the supplement business. And, um, I know what those issues are in the supply chain that you're kind of alluding to. And I know how many crappy products there are out there. So I'm super happy to be able to uh, recommend um, Keon. You know, I love the amino acids and they've been a big help to just like, I'm, I'm pushing 50, but I feel in some ways like I'm performing at, at as high a level and even higher in some areas than I have in my life. And, uh, you know, I skied a hundred days this season, which is, that like is big, awesome, Chris. It's so <laughs> a big awesome. accomplishment. Um, and I'm skiing better than I ever have. I'm working with a coach and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I went, um, heli skiing, uh, with some people we both know, Angelo. Yeah. I think, you know, what trip I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and you know, we did like 45,000 feet of vertical one day. Um, on, and, and I was, you know, I was tired <laughs> at the end of the day, but, I was uh, I was keeping up with the 25 year olds, which I was pretty happy about. So um, yeah, they've they've been a, a big help to me in, in just maintaining that level of performance and recovery, which for me is what it's all about. Like like you said, I want to keep. I love to be active, and I want to be active until the day I die. My heroes are like the guy here that everybody knows in Utah who is 96 and he's still skiing like 50 days a year. Like that's who I want to be. And I feel like amino acids are, you know, I I've discovered that they're going to be a, a big part of that protocol for me. All right, everybody. So if you want to give these a try, go over to get Keon. That's G E T K I O N slash Cresser. And you can save 20% off your order. Um, there's lots of great resources too on the website, like guide to amino acids, how to use them. I think, you know, whether you're just in younger than me at this point, but like really want to optimize your performance and, and recovery and longevity, build muscle mass, get all the benefits that we've been talking about, or you're someone who's, you know, like in my situation where you're, you're approaching middle age, whatever that means now, and, and you just want to stay active and, and super healthy and robust and, and extend your health span. Or I think they're really, you know, we use them in the clinic a lot for people who are, who are getting older and their maybe their appetite is lower. They've got digestive issues. They're not digesting protein as well. Um, they want to keep those protein levels up so they can age, um, you know, stay strong and age gracefully. There's so many different use cases, but uh, they can be a, a huge help in all of those cases. And they're also, you know, this is a great thing about amino acids because they're just constituents of dietary protein. They're all, they're well tolerated. They don't interact with a lot of, with other supplements or medications. Don't tend to have side effects other than feeling better. 
Um, and so, yeah, they they've just uh, can become a great part of the daily routine and staying healthy. So that's uh, getkeon.com slash Cresser. And Angelo, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a, a really fascinating conversation and really appreciate you taking the time to do it. Thanks for having me, Chris. I love the opportunity to talk aminos, especially with someone as knowledgeable and uh, passionate as yourself about them. Great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, keep sending your questions to chriscresser.com slash podcast question. We'll see you next time. And that's the end of this episode of Revolution Health Radio. If you appreciate the show and want to help me create a healthier and happier world, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. They really do make a difference. If you'd like to ask a question for me to answer on a future episode, you can do that at chriscresser.com slash podcast question. You can also leave a suggestion for someone you'd like me to interview there. If you're on social media, you can follow me at twitter.com slash chriscresser or facebook.com slash chriscresserlac. I post a lot of articles and research that I do throughout the week there that never makes it to the blog or podcast, so it's a great way to stay abreast of the latest developments. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.